0: this is sophia chang and you're tuning in to undo radio special thanks to listening party and canal street radio for hosting us here i've got a special guest today actually all of our guests are always special so it doesn't matter Um, we have the amazing illustrator designer sculpture artist shauna x with us so that's great. why don't you just I, introduce yourself real fast?
1: I am Shauna X. And yes, there's, that's an X. Actually, I made that name in, in middle school for my DeviantArt account. Sick. Do you remember DeviantArt? Hell yeah, I still Hell have yeah. mine. And it just stuck with me. It's an homage to my Chinese name. Um, and I am a visual artist. Um, mostly dabble in illustration, but I'm spanning out of that into more physical manifestations which has been really fun. Um, in the past, I've done a lot of work with brands, um, whether that's a installation for a brand launch or um, a, collabor- a collaboration or for part of their advertising. But um, these days, I'm doing a lot more editorial, which is very different than what I used to do. And I'm going, I think, towards less commercial. And I just feel that in my bones whatever yeah
0: you're like way heavily that driven is. with like no yeah. I don't fucking care I want yeah, what and I want
1: exactly and like it's been really interesting that way because you know dealing with commercial clients and also non-commercial clients it's kind of the same in a way um I'm seeing them as collaborators rather than people I work for because mm-hmm. if you don't have a good collaboration you're not going to make good work and I think everyone just wants to have good work and a right. good relationship so I think I'm Mostly focused on relationships now more than the work I'm making.
0: So what's your relationship to social media as a whole? Not just your account, but just
1: right. that. Honestly, social beast. media has helped a lot in terms of my craft. Because there's so many amazing talent online that I can just find without leaving my bed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you can, you know, explore all the thing that's happening in the world is really awesome. You can be inspired by not leaving, which it's like in some ways it's not the best because you're not trying very hard to be inspired. And sometimes I think the more effort you put into something, the more you gain from it. Um, but I do think that social media has helped, you know, f- explore my own um, creativity and push that in my, in my own personal way. Right. Um, so this yeah. week...
0: This week I've been talking to a lot of friends, you know, people who are makers, right? Right. So recently, as of this year, I just became aware of, you know, if we're working a job, say I'm I'm drawing or painting right. something, right. I'm busy working, I'm not taking selfies and taking pictures of myself. Right. But it, what I've come to realize is after the job is done, you know, you send the invoice, I don't really have much recap imagery to share either on social as a platform for me to tell the world, "Hey, here's what I'm working on," right. and let alone my website. Yeah, and then I like I walk away with this check, which is awesome, but I'm like, I have nothing to tell people, and and we live in this day and age where if you don't have a visual footprint for it, then it never happened. Right. Which I think has, has been very difficult for creators. Yeah. Like, like you're...
1: That's uh, annoying. It's annoying. Like you don't want to do that all the time, you don't want to rely on that. Right. Like if right.
0: I share a picture of my illustration, Right. very low engagement. If I share right. a picture of me standing exactly. next to my illustration. Exactly.
1: Why is that?
0: I don't know. And it's so bizarre. Right. And I've also just personally got to a point where I'm like, this is fucking annoying. I need yeah. to adapt. I need to figure this out. So, you know, thankfully we have have a really great extensive community of different creators yeah. um, a, a, experienced or just interested. So, you know, I'll just throw a little bit of cash to different photographers that I know and I'll be like, hey, can you just come here for an hour mm-hmm. and just grab some content for me? Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that as a creative, I need to invest in that on my own time, right. my own dime.
1: Yeah. Like it's marketing in some ways. Yeah. And, and there's so many of us out there. I think it's it does feel a little saturated,
0: but like now we have to wear a whole other hat, right? Back yeah. in the day, we'd like, do oh, a lot business, and then if mm-hmm. I post some stuff, it's great. But like now, we have to really market ourselves a certain way, yeah, and is, and
1: have like your own persona in a way.
0: So the problem it's fake, right? <laughs> so the problem that I'm I'm kind of realizing here, which we've discussed in the past, is this idea of like. Just because you tell a really good Instagram story right. does not mean that your work is good. Your work is good. Your social right. could be great. But your right. work might not be good. Yeah. Your level of professionalism might not be good. Exactly. And these are things that affect, you know, other creators in the space right. who may are, are act- actively losing out on the job opportunity mm-hmm. because of this weird smoke and mirrors thing that's happening. Mm-hmm.
1: 100%. I do feel like, I think... I've heard stories from people before where they've hired or like people that have friends that got hired because of their social media presence and the client is often like, oh crap, like we shouldn't have hired that person because who they are online is very different than who they are offline. Like their work ethic is probably different. Like that sort of relationship is lost Mm -hmm. in a way in social media because people are looking at data and I think that's my issue with. Social media, in a way, because it shows people are, care more about data points rather than like understanding the emotional, like a connection that comes from, like outside of how many likes you get and outside of how many followers followers you have. Right. And I think that people who experience that sort of, like the whole, they care, they put so much of themselves into like data and what that tells them. I don't feel like what they're going to get out of that is what. They think data will provide for them.
0: So I feel like we are in this weird buffer time where, you know, back, uh, you know, uh, when we had traditional training in our work, it'll be like, hey, invest in your portfolio, your work, your style, whatever it is. Right. But now we're in this weird buffer period where I can put all my energy into my work, but that won't mean shit. Right. If like uh, some kid that's good looking out there is really good at like posting on social media, like, but where do we go from here? Right.
1: Right. You but know. that's, like, I feel like that's the case for everyone, like, DJs, Well, sure, No, everyone, right? of course, absolutely. It's not just us. Yeah,
0: you're a cute, fancy yeah. DJ, but now you're also an influencer. You're a girl. You have to right. dress a certain way. Right. Like, your music doesn't even matter. DJ is way crazier because it's, yeah. at least, Instagram, for example, as a platform, is very visually driven. Like, I can post yep. my art. You get it. It's not like yeah. you're going to play the audio. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah, and I feel like DJs have to, po- like, pose in front of, like, a set and it's like what does that mean how is how good is your how good is your style anyway right nobody knows
0: like we're actively seeing in the field how much business in different fields uh, industries have been impacted solely by social media for example like I have a friend who's an amazing makeup artist she started very young has an amazing roster of clients and unfortunately oftentimes she will lose jobs As a makeup artist, um, behind the scenes, simply because she doesn't have enough followers. Because it's almost like they want want to bring, which is so silly.
1: It is. And it's a lot of pressure on you as a creative as well. Because I think creatives often want to, you know, make from their heart. I mean, that sounds so cliche. But it's true. Like all of us are constantly being very vulnerable in our work. And constantly pushing that vulnerability because I think it's, we have like a a whole, like a bottomless pit of vulnerability. The more we create, the more we open up ourselves to the public. But then on top of this, we have to think about, oh, engagement, like how many likes is this going to get? Like I'm not posting selfies of
0: myself all day. I'm just not going to, like in the same sense that you have that conflict and wall of yourself being like, I don't. I don't want to do super commercial art and have people dictate my stuff. Right. I have the same sense of everyone saying like you should post more pictures. I mean, recently right. I've, I've been able to do that simply because I've had photo- like hired photographers to be present. Mm-hmm. But like, you obviously, I'm sure you've already seen the almost like call and response when you when you post a picture of yourself. Yeah,
1: definitely. Which definitely. is just so. And annoying. I think that's why it's important for all of us to kind of separate from social media, because I do feel like there is going to be a peak. I feel like right now is the peak of that. And I think a lot of stuff is happening outside of Instagram that we're not even seeing. And that's the behind the scenes, and that's going to drive the future. And I think if we're focusing so much on this platform, we are losing like the aspects of our lives and our work outside of that. And I think separating yourself from these kind of feelings and things is the only thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And I think actually it's smart because I think yes, right now it seems like I mean like firefest for instance, like mm-hmm. that's a great example of how social media like, you know, dece- like is deceiving. And people became like, victims of that whole social... It's, like, actually social media that's what, like, fucked everything up, I think, in my opinion. And I think that just happened two years ago. And you can see, like, the slow decline of social media and the impact on people. Like, for instance, I think a lot of artists and visual designers and, like, you know, creatives all over the world are actually posting shitty pictures in response like nothing is so clean and crisp anymore i see people just like posting like random shit that they have from their day to day it's like they don't take it as seriously anymore and those are the people i kind of look to because i think they're the ones that know and are separated enough to continue on with their work and their professional work and personal work and not to put all themselves into social media
0: right I think yeah. the constant, like, and also not to mention, like, I get really annoyed every day when I turn on the phone and the interface has changed somehow and, or yeah. a new feature. And I'm like, I can barely keep up. Like, remember Vine? Yeah. Vine is not sad. that long ago. Yeah. Instagram two, shut two Vine the fuck down as yeah. soon as they... And then now we have stories and news and it's just like, like, w- like the I almost feel the pressure to need to... Um, show the BTS, the BTS right. is better store and you need to right. be in the BTS right. can't just be your hands but like I'm busy working, I'm in the zone, mm-hmm. I'm not here to like film this stuff so it's it's th- the demand is so high and like finding ways to adapt is such a tricky part Right. and I'm just, I'm always just curious like where do we go from here and like how, yeah. for example, Roy Choi had mentioned something when it came to the, chefing, the chef industry mm-hmm. cooks industry and this idea of Um, lines being crossed and seeing that and recalibrating to take back the power. So even when people will do certain gigs, which was actually the start of our conversation initially, when people do certain gigs for a lower price and how that actually affects our livelihood of Mm -hmm. practitioners that have paid for our education, worked extremely hard. That affects our money, our livelihood
1: all the time. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you can't really say don't charge or charge this much either, because everyone has their own value of themselves. But unfortunately, people who aren't in the creative industry and don't really understand creative in that way, they place a monetary value to something, and that's the standard. Right. Um, but everyone has their own standards. You know what I mean? Like I met a guy who he paints murals for a hundred, like five hundred dollars. And I think to me that is insane because that is so much time and effort. That is a lot of planning. That's a lot of like things that go into just the process of painting a mural. I'm sure you understand that as well. But for him, it's like, oh, I have fun and I'll just do it for cheap. And on the other side of that, it's like maybe he has parents that could help him like live and he doesn't have to worry about that. Maybe he has another job that he goes to. And so it's, it's all over the place. But, you know, that's... That guy set the standard of mural painting in Toronto. For five
0: hundred dollars? Yeah, and
1: he's really good too, which makes me upset.
0: And and do you know him personally?
1: I know him through somebody else. So you should like, DM
0: him and be like, I need to speak with you on the phone. We have yeah. something we need to discuss. Yeah.
1: And, and, and it's and not directed that's to him. That's what he wants though. Like that's he he's okay <laughs> with that. And that's the thing that is different. You can't just go to a college student and say, Hey, you have to charge like X amount for your work because they also need a lot of experience but then sometimes I think the issue is that a lot of companies and clients don't understand that there is a difference in value and how you know artists price for themselves and what kind of art they're going to get and what kind of product they're going to get in the end right so it's it's just all over the place like this money system and I think it's because we're not transparent about it either we
0: don't know it's like it's uh, it's almost as I don't know like this is a conversation I've been having with different friends at least like women and you know we don't always have the full transparency to talk about health and yeah and learn more so from each other it's almost like a taboo that's really what it is it's taboo to have these types of conversations right and um, people can be a little selfish or whatever but if you're comfortable, remember initially you were saying how you you had experienced something and you wanted to yep. write a story about it, and then you got to you got pregnant, <laughs> or something yes, or you I were did. pregnant. <laughs> um, do you want to like share a little bit about that experience and kind of just tap into how you felt in that time? Because I think that was just such an interesting story. Was that was it someone that charged or like you were asked to do a mural and they're like, and the client was like, well, this uh, this person did it for this much. Yeah.
1: That happened to me so really recently. So tell us
0: what happened.
1: Um, uh, I mean, this happens constantly. So, for example, I was asked to do a, like, an art installation for this venue in Brooklyn. And they were having a bunch of other artists come and do, like, this huge, like, summer launch. And I was talking to them about, you know, what the different spaces we can use. And then, like, when it comes to money, that's and they were like, oh, yeah, we support artists, so... You know, just give us a proposal and we'll see what we can do. So I did that. And they're like, oh, my God, that's too much. And I'm like, okay, but if you want me, okay, I want to create something that is successful and is beautiful and I'm proud to stand behind and I'm proud to have them in space. And they were, they came back to me and they were like, well, um, this artist that's painting this 50 feet mural is only charging like $2,000. And to me, I'm like, great and so what was this in person yeah in person oh my god and i was like what is the point of telling me that you know like that's totally different like i don't know who she is she might have her own thing going on you can't just compare us and contrast and like tell us and tell me what someone else is charging to persuade me to make make you guilt or whatever yeah and i actually just end up not doing it Um, Which is hard a lot of times, too,
0: because if, you know, when you freelance, sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's not, and it's just, like, it really does make a difference, and it was kind of a moral or ethical decision you had to make. But that's
1: happened so many times this year alone, just the whole me kind of standing up for, you know, I guess, artists and creatives like me who, like, have the same issue I talk to so many people that are in the same industry as us, and most of them are coming to me telling us that there is a, a big problem with, like, lowballing with everything we're doing. And it's, it's a struggle. Like, you kind of take it or leave it. And I think that's where we're standing against right now. Yeah. People are just kind of coming to you and saying, this is how much we're going to pay you. And if that's not fair for you, we're gonna find somebody else. And yeah,
0: and this idea of okay, like, okay, cool, you being you irreplaceable and disposable yes, is that's such shit. It's like my yeah. work, you know, my work is my work. They don't even know everything. And, like, there's a, uh, I guess we can share this resource when we post the podcast, but there's this great video that I watch online, which is really about like a logo design. Yeah. So, where do you, how do you charge for logo design? Like, right? Some people might do 1500 500 $15,000, right. 15000000 $15 Right. And there's a reason why. Yeah. There really is a reason why. And you can break it down. And again, it also has to deal with the client. For me, yep. I work super fast. So, I don't really do hourly rates. And if you no. really do want me to do an hourly, hourly rate, my rate is super high, and it makes me sound crazy, but it's because I know I can work faster, I deliver better, I know exactly how to work with a client in terms of that communication mm-hmm. to to move in that way. But it is a big issue with lowballing. And one thing I always think about too is like DJ culture, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. that's changed mm-hmm. a lot in recent mm-hmm. years, especially with social media. Um, and you know, just having known amazing, talented people who are amazing DJs and them losing out on opportunities because of like some really cute girl or good looking guy who's like hip and looks really cool, dresses really cool, has kind of a social media following and it's, it's throwing, it's, it's kind of just tipping the pendulum all out of whack really.
1: But I feel like that's, that's not a sustainable thing though. You know what I mean? I I agree. I would like to think that and I hope that's the case. Because I feel like that can only get you that far. But the people who are like truly value their work and work hard and also, you know, know how to play the game and are good at business and are good at, you know, what they do, I think they will stretch really far. So
0: basically survival of the yeah (laughs) is what you're referencing. In some ways. I mean, okay, I
1: am very inspired by people in the past that like artists in the past who don't have a big notoriety but still make amazing work. There's this Japanese artist that, I've discovered not long ago, named Tiger Tataishi, who, he's from, like, the 80s, and he... Is he the
0: poster guy?
1: He, no. He does, like, a lot of comic panel paintings that are really trippy, beautiful. I I think his work is just very amazing. But um, he basically moved to Italy because in Japan they did not, I guess, respond well to his comic form of art. Huh. And he worked under Ettore Stostas because... He just wanted to make his work. So, like, all the still staffs, like, like, furniture, drawings, and depictions are all painted by him. And I think that's kind of awesome that he's able to, he, like, doesn't need that notoriety, really. He just is constantly making work. And I'm just
0: inspired by people who just push that. Right. for themselves it's an important reminder to yeah. kinda of stand your ground but,
1: but at the same time it's like maybe he has some other monotone like gang you know like for me and people i'm sure that are similar to us like we care about like our livelihood in terms of not just what we create but also how much like we need money to keep us afloat so that's something that we're thinking about constantly as well so it's like do you separate that and i think that's my dilemma right now it's like understanding how to separate business from like my personal creative side.
0: And also, I think over the years for myself, it's dealing with ego as well. That's good.
1: Like, are you, how are you dealing with ego?
0: I mean, I've gotten to a really good place now. I think it's like the Asian me that sees the bag, and I'm like, you know what? I'll shut the fuck up and I'll just do the job and give, you know, I've just gotten, been been able to separate the business and the personal, you know, and not get upset because of multiple rounds of feedback or being worried about putting your foot down. It's just like, look, you paid, I I was able to negotiate a a rate that works for me. Me, more right. like makes me happy right. and so if you're going to be really annoying as a client it doesn't matter because you're paying me and yeah. I, I want to make sure that you are happy with this yeah. whatever you, end product you get at the end of the day and hopefully you'll refer me to other people and you'll come back to me again right that's just been right. my my baseline to run with yeah like back great. in the day I'll have a little bit of bitchiness sometimes yeah like to, in email I, responses. I, the same it's like a fire <laughs> that burns within
1: yeah because you're like I'm staring up for myself and yeah. my values artist yeah but
0: i i realized that at least in the realm of like dealing with more corporate clients and stuff like that that's not something that flies really well no yeah definitely not yeah
1: it's just i think that's why you have to think about it as a collaboration but on their end they're not working well with you i mean recently i had this really frank conversation with the client which i had like a hour conversation with him just talking about our respect for each other because of the rate that he was giving me and like the stuff that we were just kind of being put through we had to talk really frankly and it was actually a kind of a nice conversation because I know like he was able to level with me he was able to open up about how he feels stuck because a lot of times those clients they work for a company it's not like I mean yes it's personal to them but it's more personal to us than it is to them. You know what I mean? They're getting paid by a company to talk to us. But yeah, we they get are, salary. They're the middlemen, exactly. really. And having that conversation sometimes actually is helpful because you realize you're on the same team. You're not, like, working against each
0: other. Um, well, you're very lucky to have that because that's not I, always the case. <laughs> I know. I know.
1: It was a really, like, it was, like, the first time I've ever done something like that. In the past, I will throw, like, a manager on, on it and they can just, like, bitch out the client or vice versa. And I realize that doesn't really work. Um, sometimes you just have to level with the person and just
0: come at it in a very extremely open way. Which I also want to highlight, that's a sense of professional maturity. Yeah. Because some of these ends off of Instagram may not know how to Well, engage there's like a call-out
1: culture, right? That's what social media is bringing out. It's like the call-out culture. You can just like call people's bullshit. And sometimes it's like, that doesn't really help anybody. You don't like bring that into your own clients either. Like it's everyone's trying to like get paid. Everyone's trying to get some a work something nice done. Like
0: you're on the same team, right,
1: for the most part. So So
0: recently, there's been a lot going on in your life, specifically the past 15 months. Oh yeah, you just had (laughs) you just had a beautiful baby girl. And uh, from the internet, you were pregnant and also working on your one of your. Biggest like sculpture installation ever. Yeah, that was ever. fun. That was really, really beautiful and Thank you. amazing. I wish I got a chance to see it, but I think timing didn't work out. Um, how do you find kind of that balance now? Cause obviously there's so much transition happening, yeah. especially as a working professional, a working mom, um, hormonally, chemically, physically a lot going on. Yeah. Where, how are you, are you still trying to find that balance oh, or yeah. where, where, where are we standing
1: now? I worked the most I ever did when I was pregnant, which is crazy. And You're it like was Hardy actually B. great. You're yeah. Like right. <laughs> but after that, I totally crashed. And yeah. it was this like, holy shit, I put out so much energy um while I was pregnant because I just had a lot of energy during that time. And after that, especially now, I'm start starting to get it back slowly, but energy wise, it's definitely limited. Whereas before I could remember everything in my head. And now oh, I that don't happens, remember. And they say that. They say mom that. brain. Yeah. I will forget vocabulary words. I forget everything, basically. And, um, it's crazy how big of a shift that is because I was so, I prided myself in my like mental capacity up until now, which I feel like I have to like really focus my energy now. Um, but it's been like, I mean, it's been six months in, it's been challenging, I would say, because I think like, um, in some ways in the past I would be able to do a lot of things at once. So, for example, last Friday, I wasn't able to get a nanny and I was with um, Ren, the baby, and I had two client calls and I had two things due. And in the past, it would have been like, oh, that's easy. Two calls and two things due. Who gives a shit? It's so easy. And then on Friday, I was so tired, so tired in the, the day. I like couldn't even talk. Um, just because you're just putting a lot of energy to so many different things in my in your life that's really important to you, and having to come from that, I'm realizing I need to like really learn to separate a lot more. Right. Um, but it's actually a really good thing in the in the sense that I know now, energy-wise, I can think about things I want to put my sp- like spend time in. And that's why I think I'm going towards more personal projects, because mm. I think that fuels me. Right. Um, I'm at a place where I worked a lot in my pregnancy, so I don't need to worry as much about getting clients this year. And it's been really helpful, especially because my partner also worked from home, and he's like very supportive. Um, so I'm lucky in that way. Um, but like this has taught me to really be wise with what you put effort into because that is stuff that's like energy. You don't really get back. You know what I mean? Like you think that you're young and you're just like really hungry for work and that's great and fine. But sometimes you realize after like years of doing that, like what was that for? Like, what did you learn? What did you gain from that? And um, that's definitely been uh, a very important thing for me now, especially as a mother. It's, it's what am I, gaining from these experiences right
0: you're just your decision making and the way you're yeah. choosing these things is is more optimized exactly
1: basically. and it's a good thing and it's like learning that is been, has been really helpful so it's like what are some things that I'm distracted by? I can kind of filter. So I don't actually go online as much anymore.
0: Yeah, and so that's I, been awesome. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next yeah. question. Kind of like what are some, whether it's resources or different right. practices that you've introduced into your yeah. life now to find that balance.
1: Honestly, after being a mom, it's like, it's not that, like, everything I used to care so much about, like, does not get matter anymore. It's like, doesn't matter. And it's kind of nice, you know, where you... All the stuff that, the pressure that we were just talking about, like, from social media, whereas before I would feel this intense, like, anxiety about it. Now I'm just like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) It's just, like, a fucking Instagram post. Who cares? I have, like, a human I am raising. And that is so much more, like, that gives me so much more purpose and so much more joy than anything else. And that's been really nice to, like, experience. Whereas, like, all this fuckboy shit that I felt before falls into the wayside, you know? And it's kind of nice in that way.
0: Oh Yeah. Great. Okay. So, we do a lightning round of questions for every episode that we do with our guest. So, we're just kind of going to go through some quick questions. No um questions. Okay. Well, this is a fun one. How much sleep do you get regularly?
1: Um... <sighs> Like six, seven hours. Still depends. Well, I, I get woken up probably like twice a night. Oh, yeah. So not continuous.
0: What is a habit you can't seem to kick? Um,
1: biting my nails.
0: Oh, Still. let me see. It's alright. Oh, it's alright. Right. It's okay. It's not like it's like like it used really. To be. I used to get
1: my nails like manicured, and now I don't have time for that. And so now I'm back to biting my nails.
0: Uh, well, you're saving your money.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Eco-friendly.
0: <laughs> um, and let's see. Uh, where do you go when you need space?
1: Where do I go when I need space? From what?
0: Just life, work, mental space, physical space.
1: I go into the. I I have a, like a movie room in my house. It's like oh, a that's little, nice. It's like a little nook that um, my partner built. This like plank. In so it's raised up, and then we project a movie on the wall, and I kind of just sit in there. It's Aww. a nice dark place. That's awesome. Be.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, lastly, how do you undo ordinary? I think,
1: how do I undo honestly every day meditation and thinking about all the preconceived feelings and understanding I have with the world? For example, like with femininity, with sexuality, with success I redefine that constantly because you have to you have to just take all these things you learned growing up and redefine what that means to you now
0: amazing okay I have one more question So my question is, obviously, a lot of the art that you've worked on much more recently since your pregnancy and the birthing process and being a new mother has really translated into your visual voice. Mm -hmm. And when I see your illustrations, I'm like, how does she think of this stuff?
1: And it's 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 so
0: it's so cool. Like, do you just see it in your mind? It's very visceral. I think
1: a lot of times I don't know about you, but I'm very good at visualizing. So if I think about a concept or a feeling like breastfeeding or like anything simple. So it's you're really illustrating the feeling. Yes. Okay. That's what I like to Makes do sense. is make work from feelings. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. This episode of Undo Radio is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market.